Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, taped live at the Twitch and available on YouTube, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched a lot of wrestling, and I'm your favorite bright-eyed and bushy-tailed noob who's inevitably going to get too power-hungry and turn heel anyway. Uh, yes. Uh, okay, Bailey. Yep, yep. Good good job. You guessed it. I'm so proud of yep. you. That my, my cryptic hints. He's so but smart. Do, but do you have an injured bay knee? Um, no, but it, like, vaguely feels like I rolled my ankle the other day, so, like... Hmm close enough true so yes we have we are returning to nxt 2015 the golden age hallelujah we are we are we are back for the tale of the four horse women uh last time kind of a big plot the biggest plot beat easily is the fact that charlotte's nxt title reign is over sasha banks is now the champion long live the boss the boss is on top. I know. And I know. This has to make Austin very happy. He's a huge Sasha Banks fanboy, so I'm I'm, I'm happy for. Literally, for the longest fucking time, his, his profile pic on Facebook was him was him with Sasha Banks at a con. Yes, for like five oh, years. I'm, I'm, I I'm I'm still debating if I want to meet Britt Baker at Comic Con this weekend. Um, Bruh. I'm debating it because, like, I'm not like I haven't followed AEW enough to have like a super strong emotional connection. But like, fuck, I'm a wrestling fan now. Like, I feel yeah. like it's required. And the, uh, do- and the doctor is pretty sweet. But back back to old Sasha anyway. Yeah, yeah, my my favorite. And yes. and this was this was this was the era that made her my favorite. And I'm just so excited getting to relive all of this with all of you. Oh yes, here on the podcast, and so. She's the champion now. She won at NXT TakeOver um, Rival. Yeah, that's the right one. Where in a fatal four-way match against Charlotte, Bailey, and Becky Lynch. So we got the four horsewomen fatal four-way match. Mm. Mm. And like other than that, it was a pretty short beat. So there's not a whole lot to cover. But basically, the, the two, I think the two big things to worth mentioning that also happened is kind of watching is first Team Bay, Sasha and Becky. They they came apart as quickly as they came together. Oh, uh, I was enjoying I was enjoying the no strings attached cohesion so much, and they just had to rip it from my hands. Yeah, they're, they're pretty done, Zos. <sighs> and then and then of course Bailey is dealing with a reoccurring knee injury, and she watched a Triple H documentary and realized she's got to come back more ruthless than ever. I know, I know. See, like I, I was even like. Last time we talked, um, I didn't even realize, like, the full implications of, like, her watching a Triple H documentary. Uh, And then, like, I watched some video after that about, like, how after Curtain Call happened, Triple H was the one that kind of got screwed for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he also came back ruthless as ever. So, like, fuck, they really did go hard. Like, it was shameless product placement. It was shameless product placement that made, like, thematic sense. So I I have to applaud them for, like, the intelligence plus serendipity, I guess. Yeah, it kind of worked out perfectly that way. Uh, so this, she's, and so she's still our, our good baby face hero, but she's also got a bit of an edge to her these days. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. I'm not. I'm not happy with the fact that she that she turned on Charlotte. Uh, that that one that one displeases me. Mm. I'm cool with it, and I we will see a little bit more about this in this part of this episode. This is a stacked series episode we're covering today. Uh, too stacked, in fact. I had to cut some stuff that I wanted to. I wish we could have covered, but let's. Uh, so to be to kind of c- cover people what we're doing here for the NXT episode. Uh, for the for this NXT arc, what we've been doing is instead of watching one episode all the way through like we do on anything else, we've been watching all the episodes but only the women's segments. And so this is covering from the week after NXT Takeover, Rival, all the way to NXT Takeover, Unstoppable. So we're covering three months of material from February eighteenth to um, um, uh, May twentieth. And we're not only that, we're covering two different storylines. So because we only have so much time to sit down and watch stuff together, I had to, I actually had to cut this down quite a bit. And I'm sad about that, but it is what it is. I feel like I've covered, we, we're going to hit the essential beats anyway. Yeah, you were telling me about this yesterday. And it's kind of wild to me that, like, this, we're entering the era that it's getting so big that, like, we even even stuff that's like highlights and importance needs to be like cut down is considered somewhat extraneous for for the sake of like our expediency in our show that's yeah so I'll, go ahead, wild. I'll go ahead and tell you this is that like probably the second best match that is on this series of episodes is a sasha banks versus charlotte rematch for the nxt title and i cut it because i could not justify including Holy it shit. like that's what we're like we are, well, this is, I'm going to say this is a story of three arcs, one small arc that takes place right at the beginning, and then two, and then two arcs that lead to TakeOver matches, because we're actually going to watch two matches at NXT TakeOver Unstoppable today. Well, yeah, because we threw in that new arc. Yes, yeah, so let's, let's, I'm going to go and bring that back up, is Emma has returned to NXT. Uh, she was the NXT, kind of an NXT fan favorite, doing her goofy little dancey thingy. But then she got called up to the WWE main roster. It didn't really get over. Then she had a whole ordeal where she got fired because she accidentally committed uh, shoplifting and then was rehired. But from that point, her career was pretty DOA. And so she was sent back down to NXT. And we're going to be exploring. And then she came back to NXT and immediately lost her first match back. Yeah. So, and we are going to be exploring a little bit more of her character as part of this of part of this episode today, and that's why I brought up her return last time. Yeah, they. Uh, um, I know you said they get like mixed in with the horsewomen a little bit. Um, they feel very disconnected right now. So I'm I'm interested to see like how these two worlds start to meld. Um, and I do think it's really cool that they took a disparate um women's storyline and started to roll it in to to kind of the history making one mm-hmm. um i god uh remember, remember when wwe used to make like intelligent decisions when it came to nxt uh those were the days those we're were in nxt 1.0 right now it's we're all in nxt 1.0 the best nxt no cap yeah oh, hey. god but yeah so, i'm so excited to see how that goes on yeah, and then I guess before we kind of sign off here on this early part, is 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 we have been I've been keeping close. To, we've 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 talked a little bit about sort of like the broader women's revolution stuff as part of this arc because 
a lot of why I picked this arc is because it it did do a lot to kind of foster this women's revolution in WWE and seeing women in more prominent positions within the company uh, until about 2021. <clears throat> thanks, <sighs> thanks, John Laurinaitis. You've done it again, the sir. Fucking the, oh god. But back to point. So. And so it, I feel like it would be I would be remiss to not talk about the Give Divas a Chance movement. So on the February thirteenth, twenty fifteen episode of NX, of Monday Night Raw. So for people keeping score, oh, not it's not the thirteenth is that's a Friday. Excuse me. Uh, well, it was an episode of TV. Sorry, I don't have my dates completely correct, but it is literally like this week of time. I know that much. Is so. There was a tag team match between Paige, Emma, and the Bella Twins that was on TV. And it was like the only women's match on the show. And it got 90 seconds. Uh, um, yeah, woof. Which is like shit, in case <laughs> you couldn't tell. Even, even though Emma is currently in the doghouse, been being stuck mostly doing NXT these days, Paige and the Bella Twins are three of the four top women in the entire company at this point. And they get 90 seconds on television. And so, not, and so, on Twitter that night was the birth of hashtag Give Divas a Chance. And if you want to, and it, it kind of blew up social media at the time. And that was, and then on top of that, even... There, Stephanie McMahon, uh, I don't remember what she tweeted about specifically. I think she was tweeting, oh, she was probably tweeting, she was tweeting about the wage gap in, as part of a larger conversation. And then AJ Lee, uh, noted fan favorite around these parts. Indeed, indeed. Shot back at her and was like, and, and was like, uh, what about the wage gap within WWE, Stephanie? Yeah, so kind of, these two things both happened back to back and kind of blew up social media at the time. And in terms of like it, WWE kind of like that's a big that was a big turning point for women on the main roster. There's one other big moment I'll bring up next time, but like WWE only. I, I feel like it's important to emphasize that WWE only changed course regarding women because that's what the fans wanted them to do. Amazing for amazingly, they listen to the fans. And I and I admit I'm not I'm not stupid and gonna say that part of that was also um the fact that in 2015 you had Ronda Rousey was kind of at her MMA peak. 2015 was also the women's uh soccer world cup time. And that definitely played a part. Not gonna pretend that that doesn't. That doesn't have the WWE kind of chasing that kind of you know, it's it's women's sports are big right now, and they're like, and they're happy to jump on board. But give divas a chance was a huge mo moment at the time, and kind of became a rallying cry to be like, we are sick and tired of the women's wrestlers being so disrespected. Fucking good, because I you mentioned this like a, mm -hmm. a while back as like this was a push eventually, but it wasn't there at the beginning. It wasn't mm -hmm. the the horse women weren't spurred on by give divas a chance because it came later so yeah. the fact that we're like it's this has been like such a long time coming on this arc for us that it's so it's so cool that we're finally at this moment of of like 
it almost feels like we're going to be able to fucking breathe a sigh of relief on this show of, of this era that you and I have been complaining about for, for fucking months on end, close mm-hmm. to a year at this point it has to be. It just, like, is finally, like, is finally coming to an end in, in, in a, you know, weird, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey way. Yeah, and, and I was going to save this almost for the end. It's kind of like a heroic final moment but since we're talking about it now as you look at that is like give divas a chance was february 2015 or i believe or maybe it was march 13 2015 that's probably what i was thinking of is march 2015 and march 2016 wrestlemania 32 that was the day they retired the divas championship and brought back the wwe women's championship so literally a year Holy shit. Oh my God. That's so cool. Yeah. That was a, which by the way, also that moment at WrestleMania 32 was phenomenal. Let's see, like get to see that moment. But what, that's a whole other story. Ooh. So that's where we're at now is like the women's revolution is a coming. You can feel it coming. And the, the momentum of NXT along with give diva hashtag give divas a chance. <laughs> it, it's all coming together. <laughs> oh yeah but for tonight here is where we're gonna go and we are gonna dive back into nxt and watch the momentum kind of keep moving until you could say that the the women's revolution was unstoppable bang. okay get, get it because NXT oh. TakeOver Unstoppable. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I, I'm, I'm there now. It was very clever. It was. I, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Good job, buddy. All right. If you want to watch this episode, if you want to watch all the episodes that we're watching of NXT, again, it is the ep- the uh, February 18th to May 20th, 2015 episodes of NXT, the women's segments only, y'all. Mm. Uh or and then plus nxt takeover unstoppable you can watch all of that on peacock it is WWE's us american american uh, uh streaming provider service partner whatever you want the word is for 9.99 a month with ads 9.99 without 9.99 a month without ads or if you're outside the us you can still get the wwe network for 9.99 american dollar dues <laughs> Nine American dollary dues. Yes, the Demer- North American dollar, the, the, the United States dollary dues. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you can NXT TakeOver Unstoppable, the big match. The, you can find mat- the matches on YouTube. So we'll get to that. But for now, uh, we will be back. They're ready to talk about a whole lot of NXT leading up to and including NXT TakeOver. Ah! And we are back. We have just finished a whole lot of NXT leading up to NXT TakeOver Unstoppable. Indeed. Uh, I am now doing my best cobbled together uh, Becky Lynch cosplay now that she's debuted her new look. I got my steampunk goggles on. Yes, unfor- and unfortunately I don't have my shutter shades that I've worn. I know. Sasha Banks before and I would have so done that. We could have had, had a bit. I, I would have loved I love me a good visual visual bit dude a nice little gagarino I would have been a happy boy yeah um, fortunately not meant to be uh, not tonight um but oh man oh man 
we just watched some good shit. The women's revolution is simply one of the best things we have watched on this show, period. Yeah, I'm I'm having I'm having so much fun reliving this time period. Yeah, it's so it's gotta be so wild for you. Do you find like what is I, I I feel like I've kind of asked you this before, but kind of in a more specific lens. Like, what is your experience with like re-watching this now that you have like the hindsight of like five six years of like understanding like the cultural significance of like what this is historically and like where these women go and like picking up on just generally new trivia new details what is this like re-watch experience like for you as like as like a viewer as an intellectual analyzer or what have you oh please don't call me that but you, you know I don't think I don't know if I necessarily come away with this with any new takes from what I came up with at the time because my takes at the time were oh my god this is all so amazing (laughs) (laughs) so you know so like but there is something you know I gush about this with David all the time is I is like watching these women it kind of grow into the characters I remember them for and not just characters but like their look and their music and they they do the moves they the moves i'm used to them doing like tonight becky started doing her like step up to the rope kick somebody and becky and bailey has started doing more of her like when someone's lying on the ground and she like goes down and like spins in a circle on top of them yeah or how she tight she's tights her tightens her high pony during her big sequence like those kind of stuff i'm like oh my god she started doing the thing well, see, I mean, that that is something right there, because you pointed out, like, while we were watching, um, how you've watched, like, Bailey's moveset, like, rewatch Bailey's moveset develop by doing this art. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I haven't picked up on, partially because the video glitches out and we have time, partially because I don't have, like, the extensive knowledge you do to, like, mm-hmm. understand that. And, again, that's why you're the knockout and I'm the new. Yeah, I guess. But, um, that I have to imagine that is like an interesting, um, an interesting experience to like. You saw the origins in real time, and you know it feels like one of those things of like, in 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 the moment, it just feels like each incremental, each right. each new development is incremental, and you don't kind of notice it. But now you've seen them as they are at the end of their NXT development for years now, um, and now you're rewinding to like when they were in the developmental leagues. So, yeah, like, once all that incremental change is taken away at once, it's got to be kind of a culture shock. Yeah, and and by, and it's not just Bailey's moveset too. I think everyone but Charlotte has kind of Sasha and Bailey and Becky as well. I've gotten to watch them like get their moves and and become more like the characters I'm used to them being. And well, you know, Charlotte, Charlotte's gone through some development too. A little, she's character a little bit character wise. Yeah, she's probably the most static character i think we talked about that before we we have and i've i've kind of pushed back on that but that you know she feels Um, well because the the thing for me is like whereas you're looking at like the move sets and being like oh shit this word's developed i and and i've pointed that i've pointed this out before but like i do appreciate i do appreciate how like fluid these characters are um And with the completion of this week's set of things that we watched, it's now reached a point every single one of the horsewomen has had um, kind of their own special developmental highlight in some form or other. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and with 
there's overlap, but it's each with some level of individuality. We start off with we start off with Bailey um, going from the unassuming noob um, to the am to to the ambitious um, title go getter that we now see her as. Um, and that that's kind of it, it, that that kind of ended with our last episode, but she was kind of the first arc that we really focused in on, and then. Once Bailey kind of started to move into that, then we started up with Charlotte's spotlight of her redemption arc, and now and we got that aspect of her. Uh, and mm-hmm. then we had Sasha, um, the Mirror Master Dominator. Um, I, I say that you know, I always say the Mirror Master thing kind of facetiously, but it's also kind of legit. Like uh, we we get to see her. Like like at first she's kind of more of a plot point of turning other people heel and against Charlotte and what have you. Mm-hmm. But then she really gets to grow into her own as like the person to beat. She she's as the one the boss. As the boss. Yeah. She she really comes to earn that title. She grows into truly the boss. And now we have Becky, the final the last horsewoman to join the ranks, the last woman to get this that special spotlight. We have Becky now completely um standing up, redefining herself and asserting that officially wholeheartedly without a single shred of doubt she belongs in this league just as much as the other three women she shares it with yeah i would love to go deeper into that immediately but like that's actually a bit like kind of her her journey is a big part of this episode set so we're i was I'm gonna get to that when we get to it yeah that's fair i'm kind of like I, i'm kind of i'm kind of um doing my thing of like going less in direct order of, of like what happened right now is just kind of like the broad the oh yeah 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 yeah. and um, I, I do want to say is that on a broader note is that um is is looking at bailey having her like what kind of character stuff she deals with in this in this segment of episodes if we're still talking like broadly how everything mm-hmm. goes down is while it's not as, as eventful as I remember it being at the time, I guess that's the ba- benefit of, of – that's the difference between, you know, watching week to week and everything feeling so eventful versus mm-hmm. binge-watching it all and seeing it in, in, in one strand. You can see exactly how much or how little actually happens. Mm-hmm. But her, her stuff with Emma is – I love that. Um, I, I, I love, at least I love the, the idea of it. Uh, you know – Especially Emma as a character, and I guess part of this is also Emma was a character I also watched the journey of, where we mm-hmm. haven't, and I, maybe that affects David a little bit. Is I've seen Emma's journey too, uh, and that's and that's why it all it hits. And I, I'm with the crowd who just cheering for be old Emma, yeah. um, and but watching Emma kind of descend into being this like bitter. <laughs> angrier person and wanting bailey to be the same and trying to tempt bailey to the dark side fully we've talked a little about like bailey getting a little more aggressive and a little more ambitious and i took and and look and in that lens i kind of took her stuff with emma as almost like kind of like being tempted to go the distance it's very very uh episode six return of the jedi here with you know you know uh luke getting a little angrier and aggressive and having having palpatine over here to be like yeah good good let the heat flow through you emma i i felt like a bit of a similar role here wanting 
wanting Bailey to take the next step to go all the way with it. And Bailey being like, you know, actually, no, you know what? Don't want to. It's, it's, not, it's not the clean. I, I, I will say, I finish off. It's not the cleanest uh, executed story beat here, but I like, I like that being what Bailey's thing to do is for this, for this series. Yes. I mean, my, my kind of take here is I kind of felt like, like Bailey's stuff. This segment was a little sloppily handled. Um, because and, and and like here's why because I I did acknowledge like the Palpatine temptation to the dark side thing and I do appreciate that but it feels like it was done out of order a little bit mostly because they like all of a sudden don't seem to acknowledge that like aggressive Bailey has already happened like mm-hmm. they that it happens and they acknowledge it like for a few weeks but now like Emma's lecturing her about like you can't be all smiles and hugs after she literally like attacked Charlotte. Uh, because she got like the shiny in her eyes uh, and was like, I want belt, give me belt now. Um, like, it, it feels like they did something accidentally out of order because, like, we have seen aggressive Bailey, and then she has a match with Emma where she, it has like the temptation of the dark side and she kind of refuses it, but we've seen Bailey go like aggro before. And I was trying to wrap my head around it of like, Maybe it's because, like, with Becky, it was personal, and with Charlotte, it's because of the shiny. But with Emma, it also got personal, and Bailey didn't get as aggressive about it. So I don't. It it, it so it, it felt it felt sloppy to me. That was kind of my one contention here. Is like something about the way Bailey's arc was handled um, because of what had already mm-hmm. happened. It did. It felt weaker than it could have been. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily you know really acknowledge where she was more or less where roughly she was and the at the end of NXT Takeover Rival and like we we get like lip service to the idea that there was just some off screen you know uh, reconciling between Charlotte and Bailey right before uh, Emma inserts herself. I guess so. And but yeah. And, but it, it's not it's not the best setup mm-hmm. and that's definitely the big problem with it yeah but like it but in on paper i it's it's almost perfect of an idea of, of yes, what to do I, with emma if you're going to send her back to nxt actually i just wish that they had done the temptation of emma before bailey attacked charlotte and before bailey got personal with 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 becky yeah to to be fair and i don't remember uh, to be fair like that kind of thing like that's probably not something they could have planned for because i i don't remember the exact timeline of uh emma being demoted yeah (laughs) to some shoplifting shenanigans but it 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 totally is something that they might not necessarily have been able to plan around plan for more as cleanly as you might want them to yeah, but then they should have like they should have gotten they should have given Emma a different thing to do with Bailey then. Sure, sure. I don't know. Mm-hmm. At least that at least that's me. Um, um, but regardless, um, I mean that was kind of the one thing I thought was kind of like lackluster here was like Bailey's arc felt done out of order. But like. Sure, she's still a really good wrestler, and I still really enjoy her on a whole. So, yeah, 
that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of our, our two major plot beats of this episode. Yeah, and, and I mean, I mean, I'm gonna get into more as we go on, but that's kind of my that's kind of my setup for for the two like broad thematic things to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. So let, let's go ahead and, and uh, go on in. Um, technically, the first a lot of these first few episodes we cut out. Like that was that was my executive decision of like yeah. what we're gonna cut. It was mostly this early few episodes that that are that were basically just kind of like a wrap up of of what we were doing in NXT Takeover Rival. It's we've seen that before, uh, and the last two times actually because the because you know we started the art the second segment of this of this was had the but Bailey Charlotte rematch and the uh start of the third episode had the the christmas day rematch between sasha and charlotte so that's very much in the in the like it's something they do they like to kind of put a little bow on the a bit of an epilogue to what happened on takeover on the main tv show before they fully move on to something else but and and there was a situation of we just didn't have time to do that this time but it it's very much the same beat um so Bailey and Becky, they give post-match interviews of Takeover, just talking about how disappointed they are. And yeah. then Sa- Sasha beats Blue Pants in a match. Uh, we don't want, but we will see Blue Pants later. We'll talk about her yeah. in a little bit. So like I said, February- Blue Pants. Like, like I said, when we watched Blue Pants, had what looked to me as an accidental, but might be on purpose. Um, Vault Boy cosplay or whatever. From yeah, yeah, yeah. Fallout, yeah. So the February 25th episode is the first one where we watch really watch anything. Uh, Charlotte has an interview that we don't watch that is uh, similar in tone to the Becky and Bailey ones that I just mentioned, but also has that take of I get a rematch with Charlotte of Sasha next week and I'm going to beat her. So. Yeah. But then we get uh, Becky versus Bailey. Um, for uh, as I mentioned to David, I didn't realize that Becky had her shirt, her scarlet and gray gear more than once. Yes. She has the gear again for a match with Bailey, so I was very excited about that. Go fucking bucks, and I mean, I was, I was, I was, I was into it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I again, it was weird that Bailey or Bailey wasn't going like as aggressive. Uh, this is it's now it's personal with Becky as she was like in the past. Again, we're kind of retconning that, I guess, a little bit. Ret- retconning, pretending uh, there's a real character arc here of learning to not be like that kind of a person. Yeah, well, really up to you. Well, I, I want to read it. Well, but it, uh, like in order for it to feel like an arc, I feel like they have to acknowledge, like yeah, which they don't. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I mean, I guess you could make the argument that like that like Bailey sees what she could turn into and decides to reject it, but it doesn't feel like it was done particularly well. If that was what was. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this with the Bailey Emma stuff on the second a little in a second, but I have an idea here where you could have timed this out that would have made this flow better for me. Okay. A I little can roll bit with better. That. I can roll um, with that. But for the time being, what happened? Be- Becky ends up getting the win, and thankfully this isn't a match where they're like "fuck your knee, ba- be- Bailey." This is instead a "fuck your arm, Bailey," because <laughs> Becky is looking to debut her new finishing move, the disarm her. It's an arm yeah. bar, and she that is she taps Bailey out and wins with the move. So here's another observation from this that I wanted to share. Um, now that you've uh, this segue into my next note is. There was a lot of submission wins uh, in this segment, a yes. lot more than usual proportionally. Um, yeah, I 
yeah, I think it's I think it's mainly because I think they're trying really hard to put over, you know, between at this point now, every single one of the horsewomen has a submission as their primary finisher, except, except Bailey. for Bailey. Right. Yeah. So it and and I think that they also did that a bit of intentionally to kind of set up how this ends at takeover rival. I think at a certain point that it becomes like there becomes like anticipation, a kind of like a setup to like what kind of match we're going to get at takeover. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I think there's also a side to it too, that like now that I, I can, I feel like I can say this, you know, with more confidence than I, you know, have than I did when I've tried to assert uh, something like this in the past, but this does feel like it's starting to be some sort of like subtle acknowledgement of like the problem with the, the problems with the divas era. Mm-hmm. Um, because a submission move is a is a brutality. Um, that is that is you are you are in so much pain that you like are just begging for mercy and release. Um, that is a clear indicator. The fact that every single one of these women, or three out of the four, you know, close enough, um, is going really hard at submissions. All of a sudden, that's a direct indicator. This is not divas crap anymore. Mm-hmm. We these are these are literally strong women. And that's um, it's and also from the offensive perspective of it, that's a sign of technique and skill. Yes, that they, too. They especially none of them use submission holds that are power based, that are simply I'm stronger than you, mm. though they do require strength. They but they are technique based. The figure four, the figure eight, the bank statement, the disarm her. They all are all about technique and, and talent and skill, and it requires a talent to be able to it's perform those maneuvers. Yeah. Well, that's, that's like, that's, that's, that's what's crazy about this too, is like, they are really focused. Like they, there, there's, there's this, there's this strong focus on their like mental capabilities um, in ring and even kind of out of ring too. Like these are all like if deeply intelligent women who know how to like use their their like wits to to get through situations in ring interpersonally to kind of like psych each other out what have you to to turn others to your side um there there's the the focus on the focus on these being like deeply intelligent characters um it translates to their in ring work insanely well um but i think that's another thing too of we're not just doing like bimbo fitness models anymore um Mm -hmm. these are these are very competent wrestlers and it helps that they have like you know extremely talented wrestlers to do this with um uh they got some of the best of the best in the in the business whether they be indie or indie like you know becky uh bailey or you know deeply entrenched like like uh, Charlotte. Becky, Becky's probably the only one of them who has a significant indie career. True, uh, but Sa- like Bailey Sasha, was like Sasha, and, Sasha and Bailey have a little bit, have a small indie career, and Charlotte yeah. was pretty much homegrown. But they picked up really talented people, and the best part is it starts mm-hmm. to affect the people around them because you look at all, a lot of the other, you know, divas in NXT, and they do read a lot more like, um, like the divas on Raw and SmackDown, um, but they start to get transformed too like by the influence of the of the horsewomen around them um mm-hmm. you know we the big one here is alexa bliss is 
quickly evolving from jobber to actual competition. Um, mm-hmm. And she's on the verge of turning heel because of that. Um, yep. Uh, you know, the, the, the Emma stuff is also kind of a cool indicator of that. Because, like, Emma's mm-hmm. side of the Bailey arc is actually compelling. Because um, uh, she's she's clearly dealing with some shit and is trying to take it out on Bailey. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Um, it's it's but, great. Yeah, but the fact, but, but, but they're so, their, their intelligence is, um, is a main factor to who they are as characters, um, to who they are as wrestlers, and it serves as a fantastic influence on all of the, uh, all of their kind of, uh, colleagues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we get to the March 4th episode of Raw and we get, and we get uh, Alexa Bliss interview that we skipped. It's a lot mm-hmm. of like, I'm coming for your title. It's redundant to some stuff she says later. So that's why we did not talk about it. But then we get mm-hmm. the first bit between Charlotte. We have a backstage bit between Charlotte and Bailey, where uh, tonight Charlotte will be having her match with Sasha. And Bailey's like, listen, we've had some ups and downs recently, but I'm, I'm totally supportive of you. I'm in your corner. Mm-hmm. And then here comes Emma to come speak to Bailey and she kind and she kind of pushes back on Bailey's optimism of the situation. Like Bailey's like also like she comes in and originally she like does the fist bump thing that forms a heart hand that she used to do with Bailey. And they're like, Oh, Hey, Hey, it's good to see you again. Like and like yang or something. I don't remember what they called it. Um, okay. And then Bailey's like, hey, you know, Charlotte's got this match. You want to come sit with me and watch it? And and Emma's kind of like, uh, no thanks. And I don't know why you're so interested in it because that match should have been yours, you know, yep. but, you, but you lost. And, and I think she, I forget what, she has two segments with Bailey and they're very similar. So I don't remember which point she makes when, but it's very much she's trying she brings she shows parallels between Bailey and Emma Bailey and herself and mm-hmm. what they were in NXT and she also draws parallels between their success so far or lack thereof essentially is Emma talking about how main roster didn't go so good for her and she talks about how Bailey well you're so nice and, and friendly and yep. you lost you lost to Charlotte and you lost it to at you lost in the four way, and right now you're you're not getting title shots. So, yeah. why why are you being so nice? What's your deal? And um, the, before I continue, uh, actually, I'll I'll make that point the second for the second bit, and then we get a the Sasha Charlotte match. I mean, it goes like 15 minutes. I'm sure it was fantastic, but yeah. it doesn't really serve a narrative point to where we're going for this section of episodes. So that's why we didn't talk. We didn't watch it and didn't talk about it. So skipping ahead, March 11th actually has no women's segments involving the horsewomen stuff. Amazingly enough. Uh, So March 18th. So March 18th, I'm kind of excited to talk about because this is the episode from the Arnold classic up to this point. We talked about NXT as being a full sale only product. And it was up to this point from December, June, 2012, when they did the rebrand all the way up to now, they had only ever been in full sale university in Orlando, Florida, but especially with the, um, with the network, the kind of being the NXT being the premier week to week program on the WWE network. 
it was they used NXT to basically be like, hey, 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 you guys, uh, what if you were subscribed to us all the time? As yeah. opposed to just <laughs> showing up for the pay-per-views every month. Like <laughs> that was their hook. Like, like any streaming service, they want you to be consistently engaged with it and yeah. with their content. They don't WWE didn't want people to only watch three hours a month on the network. So their hook was watch NXT. It's really good. I think you'll <laughs> like it. And so through the network and having a bigger platform than being on fucking Hulu.com, <laughs> uh, hidden away. Yeah. Uh, it get it. NXT builds this cult following to the point where now they're willing to tour with it out and outside of Florida. And they start doing these like full sized arenas. And we'll talk a lot more about that next time, yep. but they're doing these shows in like Philadelphia. They advertise on these episodes that house shows in Pittsburgh and Philly and Cleveland and Columbus. As I mentioned, yep. David, when we were watching, they advertise the June 13th show that I went to. Um, that is that they're there. People, it is there. They built a brand that they could also tour with, and the start of that touring was Mar March fifth, twenty fifteen. Arnold Classic. If you don't know what that is, the it's basically a bodybuilding expo mm -hmm. uh, that is in Columbus, Ohio. I didn't go to the show be, that, that they did here, be, probably because I was in school and had no money. Yeah. If, if I make some guesses as to why I didn't go to the March show at the Arnold Classic, but they have the show here in Columbus. This is our first ever NXT show outside of Full Sail University, and 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 it and it looks different. It they're they're touring sets a little bit different than what yeah. they have set up at Full Sail, and it's so cool. And the and we all and through this we through this uh, little Arnold Classic bit, we kind of get a small miniature arc with Alexa and Sa Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks where Alexa Bliss she cuts a she has an interview talking about how so excited she is to be in Columbus her hometown she is yeah. legitimately from Columbus Ohio and mm -hmm. how she's gonna beat Sasha tonight she has a match with Sasha Banks and we have the match and like as David kind of alludes to Alexa Bliss going hard yeah she's come very far as a wrestler um, I think I think too on my point of um, you know the intelligence kind of spreading amongst the lady wrestlers on NXT. Um, I think too the big thing here is like what really gets highlighted because like I, I'm trying to I'm trying to put together these arcs in my head of like what does this all say and mean put together because there is no like all of these characters are so interesting because. In some ways, they're all so similar because they're all like fighting so hard and with the same kind of like with similar levels of kind of like you know gray morality. There is no like straight up face or heel in this. I think like at this point, like I don't see faces and heels as much. I see I see ambition, and I'll get more to that. But ambition, I think, is a key thing here, um, and I think that's spreading with the intelligence, as it were, of. Um, other women are attaining these great, uh, the, the horsewomen are attaining these great heights and other women of the company, you know, either in or out of kayfabe, we're both are like, wait, shit, I could have that too. And so we're starting to see like, 
it grow to like men's competition levels of of um of uh competitivity i guess competitiveness whatever yeah that's the that's um, the correct word that's the Head. correct term yeah yeah like 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 men's tournament levels of 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 competitiveness where there is a broader field and um uh more than like four viable contenders for a thing yeah it does feel like admittedly part of that is because i intentionally included stuff that featured more women than just the four of them this time well yeah but, uh, but it this, does but, it does but, but, like, it does feel like like our feel like it does feel like the women's division is getting deeper than it was a couple of months ago well yeah it's not well i mean it's not like you're cheating the cheating the system here and this is something i'm going to touch on later but the you this is more of like outside women uh like integrating themselves more with the horse women and the women who already like were integrated with the horse women by jobbing for them are now becoming more than just uh punching bags mm-hmm. uh but so alexa and sasha like alexa is like going hard at it i feel bad for her though because she tries to do an oh chant and absolutely <gasps> nobody does it I know. How the hell do you not get an, an OH chant in Columbus? It's the easiest shit to do. I feel like I feel like she just did a little too quick. Like it fair enough. Very, like she just kind of does a quick OH, and she's not on a mic, so that nobody can necessarily hear her. And then they just kind of move on from the mat. So like, there's not there's not enough time for the crowd to be like, "Oh, we're doing the thing where we spell our state." Yeah, it's also not like super loud. Um, yeah, it's not like so fair. But she does try; it doesn't work. But any, and, but, but the crowd is super receptive. Her, nonetheless. Oh yeah, they are absolutely into, hugely into Alexa Bliss in this match. Mm-hmm. And eventually, the match goes where they're fighting on the outside, and Alexa is able to turn the tables on Sasha and knock her into the ring steps, and knock her out and get back into the ring. And Alexa Bliss wins by countout, sure, yeah. but she still wins. Well, and again, it's not a pin. It's not a pinfall. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's not a submission, technique, strategy is all being mm-hmm. introduced. This is so clearly a direct answer to like, wh- oh yeah, the divas era has sucked real hard because we just like put no thought into it. Oops, all thought. <laughs> like, uh, uh, let oh god, I'm so sorry for this pun, but almost less thought, more thought, if you will. Um, uh, <laughs> regardless um are you frozen oh no oh no austin austin no well gonna wait for him to come back hey uh hey audience how you doing um the noob is is on the mic uh and he's feels very awkward here without his hey there he is thank god oh i felt so alone fuck you weren't like really reacting to what i was saying so i was like i lost i lost connection with you in the middle of that right before you started to say anything oh right before i started to say anything yeah so all right well to to catch you up yeah yeah to catch you up to speed um uh um yeah no okay so the cool thing about this is again technique there is no like like sure it's not a win by um by pinfall but it's a win it's uh or it's 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 not a win by submission but it's also not a win by pinfall uh and this feels 
exactly like a direct uh answer to oh yeah the divas era sucked because we treated it like an afterthought and just put absolutely no like imagination or effort into anything that the women's division did uh oops all effort now um all the thought uh if you if you forgive the pun uh less thought and more thought uh <laughs> Um, but yeah, 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 finally, yeah, yeah, gotta pop this time. So you weren't freaking frozen. Um, uh, I feel, I feel <laughs> bad that you, ha- I feel bad that you had to say that a second time. Hey, I don't, I'm proud of it uh, anyway. Um, but, but no, but, but seriously, um, it feels so pointed that these matches don't end with simple, with simple pinfalls most of the time in this segment. Um, Alexa got a really smart win over Sasha. Um, it was it was one that that played to uh, Alexa's strength and in some ways Sasha's weaknesses of Sasha being so hot headed, right? That um, every once in a while she can fall for little tricks that you know get her into big trouble because she um, uh, she tried to go a little too fast, a little too hard mm-hmm. um, without considering just because she's so cocky. You know, she's like, yeah. oh, Alexa Bliss, easy dub. That's a squash. Um, and she didn't take into account that maybe Alexa has been getting better. Um, and so not not to date this podcast, but, but she really pulled an Alabama situation here. uh, Texas A&M. Oh shit. Alabama. The last second smart upset against the, against the champion. I'm here for it. Oh yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so, so Alexa getting the win in her hometown is, that, that's what's cool about it. She gets the win in her hometown. It's like, you know, of course, we'll let the hometown hero get up. But if you think about it, it's like, wait, she's been a jobber up to this point. Alexa Bliss actually just got a dub against the women's champion of NXT, of all people. And she did it by, like, tricking the, the women's champion of NXT into getting into a position where she could knock her out. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Um, Good shit. Yeah, and again, feels feels like so like like I'll give WWE this that for as much as they'll sit there and fucking spin their wheels with dumb shit. When their fans like raise a fuss about something, they will fix it and they'll fix it in a lot of times glorious fashion. Yep, good times. Mm-hmm. So th- that sets up the next episode, the Ju- the March twenty fifth episode that uh, Alexa. We open the show with Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss for the NXT Women's Title. Yep. They're back in full sale. And you know, if you want to if you want to be that kind of person, you could say the home field advantage is gone. And that and plus Alexa can't win the same way. You're like, you know, yep. count out don't get you no titles. That doesn't work. You're gonna have to pin her or submit her, I'm afraid. And it's a lot of a second verse, same as the first situation, good stuff. But this time, uh Sasha is knows better now, and she's able to get the pin fall and beat Alexa Bliss. Though Alexa Bliss comes close as well. Yeah. She gets, she gets her moments to comes close. That's the thing. Alexa loses this one, but she's not relegated back to Jobber. It's like, no, the, the change you saw in her was not just to appease the hometown crowd. It wasn't a She fluke. is good now, for reals. Mm-hmm. And that definitely is important for her because she's going to go through a whole character beat of as she... This is, as I told David, this is kind of like the the last goodbye to the cheerleader pixie character that she's been rocking this whole time because she's about to turn heel and change, get a red, get a red aesthetic. Which know, is cool because in this match she wore purple. Like, 
a little design element to to like mm-hmm. show a visual transition. I love that shit. Yeah. It's so basic, but it's so effective. We're de- I'm definitely going to bring that up later for uh, Emma, but mm-hmm. so but for Alexa Bliss, she's now kind of an established character in her own right now. Which is not just a see. not just a character they kind of show up when they need somebody to lose. Yeah. Who's not who's not just one of the horsewomen, so things don't get super repetitive. Yeah. So then um we get another backstage bit with Bailey and Emma. And this is where I want to talk about how we could have structured this part a little bit better. By all means. So so she talks to Bailey again and she repeats a lot of her same points that are still fair that i've already covered them uh probably the two worth mentioning is she explicitly brings up bailey losing to becky lynch and this is this is weird to me because this is the second time they've talked since that match had happened the loss she's referring to happened for before emma ever talked to her in the locker room so i feel like if you had had the first conversation and then you have the Becky Bailey match where Bailey is noticeably no longer so aggro in your words. And yep. then we have this conversation again. I think that flows a whole lot better, narratively speaking. Yeah, I could see that. Where she's kind of like, hmm, look at me once again being right. Mm-hmm. And as it is like there is no Bailey doesn't do anything in between the two conversations from Emma. So it's weird that Emma's like, I'm going to talk to you again. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do. I do appreciate. Um, and, and I, I feel like it could have been bolstered too by, by that um, Emma and Bailey match, like having more of a, a little more of like a, a, pointed temptation where Bailey mm-hmm. does kind of edge a lot closer to the dark side than she ends up doing. Yeah, that's true. And we'll talk about that in a second as how we yeah. get to that match is, is Emma also is trying to make a point of like, these fans are lying to you. Like, and I think like in a way that kind of redeem uh, almost like almost redeems, like we're talking about how this is, how the arc doesn't flow very well with what came before I think the best argument you could make to say that it does still make sense is when Emma just starts making it about fans too, because it's because Bailey, because there's, I I think you could argue there's a pretty stark difference between Bailey kind of becoming more aggressive in her own right. And also, and Bailey's relationship with the fans being different now, because she, because through this whole thing, Bailey has always been on the side of her, of the fans and has always seen the best in them and has seen her, seen their support as being essential and emma is coming to being like the fans are all behind me too and until i start until i went to the main roster and they weren't there for me anymore that they don't they're they're going to they're going they're lying to you and they're going to let you down too and bailey and that's what also makes bailey be like you know what no no Mm -hmm. we're not the same emma this emma's out here being like we're not so different you and i And Bailey's like, no, we are. We're not the same. Like, I'm, and I will not betray my fans. And eventually, Emma just gets so pissed that, that Bailey is not listening to her that she slaps Bailey. Yep. And that sets up their match on April the first. We get this Bailey Emma match, which I also and, really quick want to say, like the, the the thing that Emma says about the audience, that's probably the strongest point in this. 
Um, and that could have maybe been where, like, the temptation came from, the seed of doubt came from, of mm. Bailey, of Bailey being like, what, what kind of grounds her is being loved so much by the fans being, like, their kind of, like, fave soft girl TM. Yeah. Um, and that slight seed of doubt that maybe this isn't forever might mm-hmm. be something to, like, get some character beats out of her from. Right. Um, but that's also hard. That's hard to kind of play off of. And I think that's why they don't go harder at it. Because, like, like, how, like, there's no guarantee that the fans will be with you forever. Like, you can so see, you can't, it's not a storyline you can just kind of keep running with until eventually the fans are like, no, we actually don't like you anymore. Yeah. I was I was thinking about that and like I'm trying to think of how you could do that and I mean I there's I think there's one of two ways you could if you wanted to like there there are one of two ways uh, in which you could take it is one you could do something where you like do not remotely bank on the fans like hating Bailey um, and instead you just kind of try to have a moment in ring where like um, you know people are cheering for her because I mean th- that is pretty reliable like you know to to bank on them cheering for her is like. She kind of sees it, and after that conversation, she gets overwhelmed by it um, and does something drastic and emotional based on that. Um, or, you know, looks at them and is like, no, you would I, I'm deciding to trust you and, you know, stay the mm-hmm. course. Um, or you could, you know, you could have her um, in a moment of, like, of aggravation and aggression do something extremely heelish so much so that like it's almost inevitable the fans would turn on her and then her taking any negative reaction she gets from that and being yeah oh shit proof (laughs) Um, right right right. but i don't think but i mean the one problem with that is i think we want to run like a bailey full heel turn uh we don't think i don't think nxt at this point had the space to run like a full bailey heel turn arc so like no and it NXT had no interest in Bailey turning heel at all, so that kind of limits part of how you could play this out. Yeah, um, I, I know we're I know we're harping a lot on this arc. I just you know the rest of it is so good that like it makes me want to like nitpick the smaller things. Like yeah, I would have this been like perfect. I I agree, and we get then we get April first, Bailey and Emma, and we're not always the greatest executed i agree with david you could have probably made it a little more like she could have seemed a little more tempted but from yeah. emma's perspective i loved everything she was doing in this match oh yeah that, i mean I, like I said, emma's Emma's, emma's side, side of it was amazing it's so in, in this match it's very much it it feels like bailey wants to still be friends with yeah emma. and i think that's important for how this develops later and so she's kind of playing this. I I would almost say similar to um, her match with Alexa Bliss a little uh, several months back that uh, we called on as being like a literal bestie frenzies kind of having a fun match together yeah. situation. And her she's Bailey's more hesitant here, but it feels like Bailey wants this to be a friendly match. Yeah. And Emma doesn't. <laughs> She spends the most. She spends most of the match trying to goad Bailey into being more aggressive, into really fighting her, to kind of leaning in. Yeah, Bailey just doesn't want to do it. Well, like the 
the the Bailey the 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 like Bailey's gonna hug you mentality here. Um, there there is um, there there is that kind of tension of mm-hmm. is something gonna happen because um, Emma's so obstinate against like Bailey's friendship toward her. Um, but I do like like the aspect of it that this is Emma like making her own damage Bailey's problem. Mm-hmm. That's that's the part yeah, of the like, like if we wanna if we want to talk about Emma's side of this, this is a whole lot of Emma projecting. Like yep. if we yeah, to pretty simplify much. this aspect. She failed on the main roster for any kayfabe reason you want to invent for that. Yeah. And she is well, projecting her own failures and shortcomings onto someone else that well, she again, sees as on the same path as her. This this is this is where we see like the the word of the week and in some ways the word of the era here is intelligence because what makes her side of this work is like acknowledging an out of an out of kayfabe reality and mixing it back into kayfabe. Mm-hmm. That's I mean that's when kayfabe is always at its strongest because it helps blur the line enough to like really keep the audience invested. Right. Because because yeah. both halves of their braids are being engaged here. Yeah. Um but the 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 tension comes from you know the tension comes from not just like you know bailey trying to be friendly and uh and emma being you know but the fact that we know in the back of our heads that emma is technically right and mm-hmm. that that adds legitimacy to what she's saying that adds like a legitimacy that maybe makes it feel like oh shit maybe bailey will like come to agree with what she says and it and it just generally like immerses you immerses you in the world of like an actual like actual kind of emotional stakes here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but Bailey gets the win anyway, and Emma is so is sad and kind <laughs> and, and almost significantly Bailey doesn't try to hug Emma, and that all yep. she kind of she doesn't attack Emma either. She just leaves. Leaves her alone. Rip, and. Yeah. After that, we get a Becky interview talking where she's where she's where the interview's like, You asked for this time, Becky. So you're 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 right, I did. I did ask for this time. She is sick of this shit. Everyone's getting a title match but her, <laughs> essentially. Uh she's like, you know, Bailey getting her match, she had her match, and Charlotte had her match. Even even Alexa Bliss. The bloody beauty of NXT. Yeah, got her match. Still not sure and if that was an an an, uh, an adjective or an exclamation. Mm-hmm. And it's and she she wants her title match because she knows she can beat Sasha. And she she brings up some reoccurring phrases she'll use going for talking about this is her empire and the and it's time for N Bex T. <laughs> I'm so excited that Pun Master Becky Lynch has arrived. That's an actual thing for her as she like starts making puns. Babyface Becky Lynch is basically defined by how much she likes puns. Son of and a steam- bitch. And steampunk, but we'll get to that bit in a second. Hey, I'm already prepared for that part, but those puns, yeah. nah, please, I, God, no. 
I love him. Sorry. He, it's fucking uh, 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 the April 8th episode of NXT features no women at all because it is entirely based on a wrestle around a WrestleMania 1531. Jesus Christ. WrestleMania 31 <laughs> tournament that to have one of the NXT male wrestlers appear on WrestleMania. We so can't have they, any they WrestleMania. The, yeah, not yet. So we get around to that. The April 15th episode, we get the debut of Dana Brooke. Uh, she was first hyped as being a woman who was who a fit a former fitness competitor. Uh, she was part of the Arnold Classic this year, and now she's signed to NXT. Yeah. Uh, she is big, strong woman, and she will flex her biceps a lot. And she mm. takes on blue pants. Yep. Who in her Fallout boycott and her Fallout boy? Holy shit! I you Fallout. know God God. Oh man, you're having you're having a David moment over here. Having a day um, right here. Her Fallout uh, cosplay. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I, um, honestly, I'm pulling for Blue Pants here. Blue Pants seems charming. I love funny wrestlers who will lean into how funny and goofy they are. Her, her, her theme song is just a dude hum, like humming shittily, and it's hilarious. It is I legitimately great. thought um, it was one of the announcers humming at first, like no nope. the theme song that was gonna be turned on. But no, that was just her theme song. It's so good. It's pretty fun. But Dana, she is strong and she crushed poor blue pants. And we'll hear more from Dana next next week. Mm -hmm. So the April 22nd episode of NXT. We get an episode an interview from old Dana Brooke, kind of introducing her character. She is the total diva. Yep. And I uh, made fun of her. Uh, admit, I made fun of some of the things she says and does in the interview. Like uh, she talks about how this isn't a debut. It's a birth. And I was like, I don't know. It's kind of like a debut if you think about it. It's kind of the same thing. Semantics. And then she also goes on how she's like the, the, the big, how she's the prettiest and the bestest in NXT. And at one point she talks about how she's definitely the strongest. And she flexes her arm that is next to the microphone. So Devin Taylor, the interviewer, has to move the microphone so that <laughs> she can show off the bicep. And I'm like, why don't you just flex your other arm? It's a power move. Duh. She's I guess. That's true. She she loves to do that with Devin Taylor. She's so, so mean to Devin Taylor. Yeah. It's unnecessary. So, so she's like, so she stakes her claim and then she ends all her interviews with Devin Taylor by giving her an old pat pat on the head. As you do. I gotta say I loved it because I love that kind of that kind of uh, passive aggression. Anyway, so on this episode we get a a big time match, a number one contenders match between Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Bailey. So the other horse women that aren't the champion. Yeah, to go down, and it's. I think it's a fun match. Uh, you know, they do a lot of cool, creative three-person spots. Oh come. my god, yeah, all of them combined. Um, oh yeah. I mean, it's cool to see. I because we've seen a couple four ways between them in different mm -hmm. in different forms. It's it makes it really interesting to take one of them out of the formula and see like what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, because that I mean that that's what this is, right? It's um Char uh Sasha's not here. So what is life like without the boss basically? Um and it's it's very hard for me to 
articulate what exactly is different because you know as much as i pride myself on my analysis skills i'm still pretty weak overall on like my um my ability to put technicality to words and ring um but it definitely feels like something's missing and it definitely feels like something's shaken up but like both in a good way um maybe you can speak more to kind of like what the difference here is I mean, Sasha fits a very specific role in these matches with with him, of being the mo- the aggressor and the instigator. That's her role within this group of people, anyway. And yeah. so the match has almost a friendlier quality to it, especially because ba- Becky Lynch is turning babyface. Um, so it's kind of a nice physical match, but it's also not one that's too aggressive overall. Like it feels like everyone's just trying to win. Yes, no also, they're not dirty. They're not they're not angry at the moment. Mm-hmm. That's I, I think yeah, I, I yeah, okay, I see that now. I mean that's I guess it's more of a character thing, but like Sasha's fighting has an angry quality to it. Becky's does too, but in a different way. Sasha is uh at uh at the same time um uh filled full of panache and easily frustrated. Um, whereas Becky kind of has this, this baseline, um, desperate energy to her, um, Mm -hmm. that she kind of harnesses throughout. Uh, it's more steady than kind of Sasha's whiplash between style and force. Um, so I think, so I think, uh, what we have here is a match of constants. And I don't say that in a bad way. I like the stability here. Um, because it's a, it's a strong, um, it's a strong show, um, that has a, um, that has a good kind of like rotational quality to it. Each one kind of gets their chance to be on top as well. Yeah. And the ending sequence is insane. Mm -hmm. Uh, it goes, Bailey hits Becky with the belly to Bailey. Uh, Becky's basically dead (laughs) the rest of the match, essentially. But then here comes Charlotte to apply the figure eight to Bailey, and she gets it in. And then ba- Becky is crawling over to Bailey, barely even conscious. And she just sticks one arm over Bailey. One, two, two three. three. Yep. So Charlotte is still holding on to the submission, but Becky gets the pin and the win. Which. Oh my god, I just noticed this. I was talking about all the intelligence and technique and like how submission is used an indicator of that. Mm-hmm. Here that's subverted with the pinfall, but again, the pinfall done in a clever way, like taking advantage of a situation mm-hmm. to get the traditional win. Um yep. that's that's really clever. Um is it, it's a subversion of how like traditional the pinfall is here. Mm-hmm. Um in in that in that we've got a pin that's uh, that's taking advantage of somebody else's technique and it's your own kind of like tricky bullshit to kind of steal that away. Yeah, like, and Charlotte had no way to stop it. She, because of the figure eight position, I don't know if we've ever really talked about this, but like, we, uh, yeah, the she, figure she eight, she, she arches herself back almost like spider walk style. So yep. she isn't looking at Bailey. And so she yep. can't see what Becky is doing. Exactly. All she can hear is the ref going one, two, three. And that's the over. and that's the thing is like it takes an understanding of other people's mm-hmm. technique too, not just your own. 
not just your own strategy. It takes an understanding of other people's strategy and technique too. Mm-hmm. Um, which which Becky, um, as her star continues to rise as kind of the the protagonist of this week's arc, um, is gets gets the chance to demonstrate that she can play with the big dogs because she understands how they operate. Yeah, um, among other things, among like her talent growing. Yes. So Becky gets the win and now she is the number one contender and she will face Sasha at NXT TakeOver Unstoppable. So we get backstage, we get a confrontation between the former Team Bay and it goes very much like how you think it probably goes. Mm. Sasha's like, okay, you think you're going to beat me? And Becky's like, I'm a big deal. I'm a big deal. Yeah. I made me. And Sasha's like, no, I made you and I'm the boss and I'm the champ. So I'm going to win. I'm Sasha. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. So April 29th, 2015. So Becky gives a a pre-taped interview that kind of touches on the same point she's made in the last two interview segments we talked about. So that's why I skipped it. Uh, Then we get a Bailey interview where she is, she has to prepare for her match against Dana Brooke, but none of her stuff she is missing some of her gear. She's missing her t-shirt. She's missing her headbands and she's kind of freaking out about it. And as she leaves to go, go to her match, Emma pops on into frame wearing all of Bailey's shit. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, Bailey needs a sound. I guess I'll go give him to her. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> Later. Later. So now we get Dana Brooke versus Bailey. Um, and it's, it's a fine match. Um, if I, if I had to make some critique, I would like Bailey to have been a felt seem felt a little more distracted and out of it mentally than she yeah. was. Like they pay lip service to this being an issue with her that like yep. she doesn't have her headband, she doesn't have her gear, she doesn't know who took it. She's kind of freaked out, but it doesn't play out very much that way. But I like the idea of it as an explanation for why. Uh, spoiler: Dana Brooke wins mm-hmm. and beats Bailey and. To further add to that point, Emma shows up late at the end of the match in wearing Becky Bailey's stuff, Bailey's music plays, the Bailey buddies, the you know, the inflatable tube men. They yeah. all pop up, and Bailey's just like, "What?" The and it fuck? does have a bit of an eerie quality to it. But again, they don't they the 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 name of the game with Bailey this time around, unfortunately, is lost potential. I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. And again, uh, that's not to like say that it's abjectly bad. It's just. God, my standards here are so high that I don't need yep. to like. I don't feel like I have to settle here like I do in other places with with uh, wrestling and with this company in particular. Uh, I can have expectations and like make more nitpicky cheeks where they where they pop up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but Dana is able to get hit Bailey with her move. I don't know what her finisher is called. <laughs> um, um, she gets it and pins bailey and it's like whoa dana brooke just showed up and pinned bailey that's pretty crazy isn't it, isn't it? yeah and they and they do make a they do commentary does make kind of a cool comment about um the pressure bailey's feeling about like being in the ring with a total newbie um mm-hmm. and again even if you know there's some waste potential here it does help keep that tension on of like where bailey stands as like one of the top dogs here because she's the like kind of least proven top dog at this point um yeah. uh and, and it the last does thing she needs this... is to lose to a newbie and continue to justify her place yeah it does kind of create the story pole. of of like mm-hmm. of what'll happen if bailey can't prove herself like in time whatever in time mm-hmm. it is. right 
So it does. It well, does. It's, so that engagement is still there in the back of my mind. I just wish there was more done with it, but it's there, and I appreciate that it's there. Yeah. So after and 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 a meaningful moment of as Dana Brooke is going up the ramp, she high fives Emma, and yep. it can almost lead you to wonder how if there was some collusion, if this was involved between them. It wasn't just Emma trying to fuck with Bailey; it was also Emma trying to help Dana Brooke specifically. But yeah, that's all. That's all speculative, and because they don't necessarily call that out, but it feels like it could be true. But. Who who could say? Who can say? In the meantime, we 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 cut a a backstage bit because it doesn't add a whole lot. Of, but to say ba- Bailey is backstage, just kind of running around frantic, looking for Emma, looking to get her stuff back. And it's kind of a moment that kind of solidifies that the Bailey, whatever friendship Bailey and Emma had, isn't really there anymore. Yeah, like. And and, and and her and her friendship with Charlotte is is like once again rejuvenating. So it's kind of kind of feels like the uh, my friendship with Emma has ended. Charlotte is my new best. Charlotte, friend. my new best friend. Yes. Yeah. And then Becky got a squash match uh, against Sarah Dobson as kind of a way we, we that we didn't watch as a way to kind of just put her over some more as like she's a number one contender. Yep. Don't you forget it. Yep. So. Uh, at some point in here, and I seem to have accidentally deleted when this happened, but this definitely happened at some point, is that Sasha Banks had an interview that we didn't watch where she was like, Fabulous Moolah is the greatest diva of all time until uh, me! <laughs> and, I, and like, fuck the Fabulous Moolah, so always down for that. But it added nothing, so I didn't include it. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, the... May 6th episode, uh, we kind of start off with Charlotte versus Emma. And significantly, Emma comes out to her music this time, but she's also still wearing all of Bailey's shit. So yeah. Bailey did not successfully get her possessions back. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, obviously, we get some funny bits of Emma trying healing on the crowd. And like, because, because we haven't talked about it, but when Bailey makes her entrance now, she always has like um, slap bracelets. Yeah, put on fans, and has, she has her headbands to give to people. And Emma teases she's going to do that, but then obviously she doesn't. She's an asshole. Yeah, it's so <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you know, alt mirror universe Bailey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Charlotte and Emma, they have a good match. Uh, I think Emma. I think this is a big key for Emma as a heel now, because God damn. She is. She was trying to destroy Charlotte's knee. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everyone's like, everyone's like trying to like eat each other's body parts. Like, individually. yeah, I I would I would say it had more of an it left more of an impression. But then we get the takeover match. Let's oh talk about that. But Emma went hard at 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 Charlotte in a way she hasn't before, and unfortunately, she still doesn't win. And I felt. I felt bad that she just loses again, but, and that's kind of the end of that. But then Bailey arrives at the end of the match after the match is over, Charlotte's even leaving. And she's like, Hey, and it's almost like, Hey, I got some business care. What's up. And yeah. so we get the fake out hug. She's like, okay, you know, bring it in, bring it in. Of course, Emma's like, Oh my God. Yay. I'm yeah. so glad we could be friends again. And then, Emma, and then Bailey didn't let go in the hug. She hits the Bailey to belly and she's putting the boots 
to to Emma, and that's when Charlotte comes back to almost be like, "Hey, hey, calm down. What? It's over." And and then eventually she literally tears her shirt off of Emma and throws it into the crowd. And at that point, Emma's like, Bailey's like, "I'm done. I'm done. Okay, we're good. We're good." So it all it almost feels like it feels like Charlotte is once again trying to protect Bailey from the worst of herself, but in a different way than last time. The first time was almost Bailey's recklessness and and trying to get on the same reason actually trying to avoid her getting herself in a situation of revenge but for different motivations of you know looking back when she was trying to get back at Sasha and Becky it was all about revenge for my knee yeah and it's like you can't beat them two on one don't try you're just gonna hurt yourself more and this time it's almost she's saving Bailey from the worst uh you know personality of herself She's protecting Bailey's heart, you might say, if you wanted to get flowery and Kingdom Heartsian. Yeah, no. She's, she's she's trying to stop Bailey from kind of almost slinking to Emma's level of attacking Emma. Yeah, no. She's acknowledged that Bailey's gonna like Bailey's gonna Bailey and get impulsive. Uh, I mm-hmm. think at this point she's she's acknowledged that. Um, so like in I think. I'd like to think that, like, at this point, like, Charlotte's not going to get in the way of, like, Bailey getting herself into legitimate matches. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, Charlotte's like, all right, she's becoming a big girl. She can, she can, you know, figure this out for herself. But she is trying to be that stalwart mentor, mentor figure still of, um, I need to, you know, rein you in a little bit and remind you of who you are. Uh, and not, not your place, but, like, but um, who you need to be if you want to, like, hang on to this status that you kind of have right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I appreciate so, that. And, and I, have, yeah. I have a note on that. Uh, I all, Kind of my last few notes are all going to be stacked up uh, for the last match with apologies. Um, yeah. And so we get a Becky sit-down interview that hits her origin story. Yeah. We kind of get to hear about how she started wrestling at 15. Very true. And yep. she was successful all over the globe. She was one, the youngest rest, foreigner to ever wrestle in Japan. I, I don't know what company she wrestled for, I'm afraid. Um, she won championships in Europe and America. She was great. They don't explicitly talk about this this time. They only casually kind of mention it, but she basically retired very young due to injuries. and they don't make the explicit connection but it's pretty much a situation where if she wasn't brought into wwe she would probably have never come back to begin with and she talks about how she's had adversity and toughness and to david's credit and i'm glad he he appreciated as much as i did but they talk about her coming into nxt and doing the river dancing shit and the way she explains it, she phrases it as she sold herself out. Yeah. She wasn't true to herself. And you can read, it's one of those kayfabe blurry ideas. And it implies that she let herself become play a stereotype and not be herself because she thought that's what she had to do to succeed. And it failed. Yeah. And now, I mean, I mean, and, and like, the like Irish the the offense that people are taking over the Irish stereotype thing is always a little weird, um, but like on a broad level, like you know, playing into that stereotype, playing like this cheery, happy-go-lucky, whatever. Um, when that's you know, when her personality is a little more like you know, punk and gritty, 
yeah that that like that on a broad level you know feels like again great way to mix in kayfabe with the real world because there is something to you know having to play against your own personality playing a character that's not yourself so it's kind of that acknowledgement of that and again for a minute it kind of bounces around in your head as a feeling really real and for a moment i'm like fuck becky don't don't let them don't let them boss you around like then i'm like wait wait it's kayfabe but it, it does make you question yeah. like fuck does this have some like truth to it like what yeah 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 yeah, how did how did she fall into the the Iris step dancing shtick? Yeah, and why did she get out of it? Yeah, but it, it is it basically is she's now true to her. She's learned to be true to herself and be, and that's how she's going to be be the become the champion. Going to bring in N Bex T. All that mm-hmm. is all very fun stuff. Um, and then we get the contract signing. Yep, between Becky and Sasha and. It starts well enough. Becky kind of reiterates a lot of her points she made in the pre-taped interview video, but she also brings up like literal real world side gigs she took after she retired from wrestling. Mm-hmm. She talked about, you know, doing getting work as a stunt woman, doing work as an airplane attendant, as a flight attendant. You know, just kind of just fall trying to fall into whatever just to make ends meet. And it does add this as, as, as we are turning Becky back babyface, but now not as a step as an Irish river dancer. Uh, we're bringing in this very real element of her backstory and her sto- and her and her person and her personality, and it's and it's working really well, and it's it's really coming great. And I think that kind of portraying her as kind of this scrappy underdog character fits very well with Sasha as the boss, who is if nothing else ostentatious and gaudy well like she she comes out she comes out for this segment and it's hilarious she brings her own giant ass stamp personalized oh my god sign the contract with it's so good well but but this is what i'm starting to mean by i don't see baby faces and heels among the horsewomen i see four women of ambition um, and that's that's the thing for me. And because what really got me to notice it was Becky, because like I didn't articulate it explicitly in the way you just did, but there was something in the back of my head that was acknowledging like I am feeling you know warmer and more sympathetic to Becky. But there's not an explicit face turn here because a lot of times face turns will be um, either there's like such an uh, uh, like objectively like un- undeniably positive and enthusiastic audience response that they just like start leaning into like the fact that they're popular with the audience or they have like a come to Jesus moment. Neither of those have really happened here yet with Becky. Um, but we see, we, we see more, uh, we see a side of her that's ambitious and aggressive. Like we've been seeing from her in her headbanger persona, but not in a malicious way. And it kind of gets this idea into your head of maybe none of these women are wholly malicious because they've all had like similar conversations with each other and with others about like, do you really want this? You have to be kind of ruthless to get it. Um, I don't know. Sasha might be, uh, might be malicious or something. I don't entirely know. Like it manifests in some maliciousness. Sure. But even she is starting to like, um, back off of like, we, he, 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 I'm evil shenanigans. Um, there there's there's kind of a sympathetic a sympathy that like if you see it in one of them you kind of start to see it in all of them because they have these shared traits 
And if you sympathize with it in one of them, and you know the they're not, the others aren't like you know literally like murdering puppies to get the to get the uh, championship, you can kind of start to sympathize it with them in, in with that and them too. And Becky's kind of where I started to first notice that here with that video package at first, and then with the contract signing, is it's not like it's not like the super explicit obvious face turn but it's ambition the ambition to be something greater again great response to the divas era as it kind of starts to make its way out because of fan uh fan reaction to it. And, um, I, and i will and i yeah. will say is that that you talking about there's not being an explicit face turn is i it is interesting to me that she's clearly being portrayed as a baby face and at least someone you should cheer for in this situation mm-hmm. and yet they not only don't they not only perfectly acknowledge her history with Sasha, like in the video package, the turning point is explicitly shown to be the mirror conversation. Mm-hmm. And yet they don't so they don't deny her past with Sasha, and she also doesn't try to apologize for it, mm-hmm. as you might expect a baby face turn to do. So yeah. I it's that's interesting to me that it does work like that is making her a sympathetic character without necessarily trying to forgive or forget her past as when she was more blatantly heelish. Yeah. Um, and that probably helps too. in her being a little more like sympathetic face gray area ish is that they're not like playing up like, yeah, I got Sasha and I beat down on those losers. Um, again, I don't think any of them are like, totally pure characters all of them have kind of gone a little underhanded to hurt each other or Mm -hmm. at least like had an undesirable element to them you know charlotte's the lawful whatever you know whatever morality alignment you want um but there but she has been like um you know needlessly kind of cruel and cold at points um and that's kind of her version of it but all of them are kind of coming to this same level of we all want the same thing and we all acknowledge we have to we have to fight each other for it and sometimes we're going to have to you know put personal feelings aside and even kind of be mad at each other and take it out on each other in ring um there's i i don't feel like i don't the morality play isn't there as much in this but Mm -hmm. i don't say that as a bad thing because i like what this what it is instead um in it's a story of ambition a story of a story of wanting to ascend to greater heights and it's very symbolic of the era we're in uh mm-hmm. and um becky's where i really started to notice that this contract signing is where i really start to notice that um because here you know sasha sasha attacks her and she's still kind of the most blatantly heelish but what what happens is you know um charlotte you know or it's not charlotte sasha gets mad you know, in the middle of the signing, and she's so she attacks Bailey, she or Becky, fuck, she she attacks Becky. Get the whole match, the, the whole matchup wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, t- t- attacks Becky, flips the table. Obviously, not before she uh, puts her very ostentatious, I'm sure, very glittery stamp on the on the contract. You love to see it. Uh, um, Be- Sasha with the absolutely amazing visual of she pushes. She knocks Bailey Becky's head into the table, and then she gets on top of the table and just kind of like holds Becky's head down into the table while she's posing with the title belt. Like I was like, that sounds pretty sick. My only regret is that the stamp isn't the ring. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, But regardless, regardless, um, 
But Becky fights back and actually gets the upper hand and gets Sasha to basically tap out. Um, so again, it's not like, oh, look at the sweet little innocent baby face attack. No, Becky's on the same damn playing field as her and isn't afraid to to, to push back and fucking stand up for herself because mm-hmm. uh, she wants this just as much as Sasha does and is willing to, to get pissed about it as much as Sasha does. And, you know, fight her outside of official ring match uh, yeah. uh, enough. Um, and, and again, so even, even if Sasha's the aggressor here, it's not like, oh, pity and sympathize the baby face. No, just watch these two hot-headed bitches go at it. And it's awesome. And they're going to, they're going to kick so much ass, but in a couple of weeks. But yeah, first, exactly. We, we get the Dana Brooke interview number two, where she like tries to, where she starts a feud with Charlotte Flair whole cloth. Yep. Over the fact that Charlotte Flair is part of WWE's tap out commercials. Uh, that is their workout gear line. And so the commercials are all a bunch of WWE superstars and tap and tap out gear doing workout stuff. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte's in it. And, and Dana is offended that Charlotte's in the commercial and not her. Yep. So she's like, I'm a, I'm a kick her ass next time I see her. And yep. she taps Devin on the head and goes on her way. The April May 13th, the last NXT before takeover, Sasha Banks does a Wednesday squash match over Casey Cassidy. We did not watch it because it is a squash match. Yep. And then we get an interview between Bailey and Charlotte. And it basically is like, You're be you got a beef with Dana. I got a beef with Emma. We're friends. Let's tag team at takeover. Yeah. Yeah, and pretty like, much. All right. Would you like to form an alliance with me? Yes. Ooh. Good. Good. Yeah. And then at then later in the night we get a response interview where Dana and Emma are like, "Yeah, okay, you're on." Yeah, pretty. Uh, much. Best part is they walk away and then Dana's like, "Oh, one more back, thing," Pat, Pat, for, yep. and then and then Pat pats Devin. Yeah. All right, let's go to NXT Takeover. Yes. Stop a ball. Uh, first we get Charlotte and Bailey versus Emma and Dana Brooke. Uh, and I thought it was a perfectly serviceable tag team match. It was it was really fun. These are these are the two points because again, my my whole thing tonight has been taking the individual matches and being like themes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, but but kind of the two things that I wanted to bring up here was one. Um, this is where I really really want to touch on having outside people outside of the horsewomen's circle be like major players in this. Um, mm-hmm. This is like the full acknowledgement of the of the like importance of the horsewomen right this is kind of the strongest implicit acknowledgement of it like we we kind of got that first with with william regal being present for the signing and saying straight out like everyone's been uh, uh been talking about how important these women are uh to 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 the advancement of our company you know some some of that effect mm-hmm. and hearing like nxt general manager like verbally acknowledge that is is, is huge as like He's he's hip to the to the internet phenomena now of, of what they become in the fan phenomena, uh, yeah. and he's willing to lean into that and and um, play into it, uh, you know, because it gets ratings and shit, but because they also are like really good and they're willing to to give them the the, the time that they deserve on air. Um, but the fact that then you have people outside of them like really being becoming part of their story is the strongest implicit acknowledgement of of just how important and influential they are um because 
these are these are the women to be with these are the women to beat um and they're not just cordoned off in their own little like five to ten minute segment of nxt they are now systemic to nxt um and sure it's staying like mostly within women like i'm sure we don't get like ko like coming out and having a whole lot of time on stage with bailey or whatever um but well, wouldn't that be the wildest ass god i know pairing and now i want to see now now i'm mad they never tried they never were like what if bailey and kevin owens cross paths i need more co-ed wrestling anyway um uh but 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 regardless right um it's systemic because like because we've seen that these women have do have connections to the men's division the women outside of the horse women so there is like it's all starting to become connected. They're not, they're not a disjointed, like, oh, the ladies are over here, whatever. No, this is integrated. This is um uh this is this is acknowledged. This, this is important enough that it's going to like be more spider webby in terms of how the arc is structured. Um and I think that's I think that's stronger than you know, even any William Regal announcement you can throw out there. Mm-hmm. Um at least at least at least in my opinion. I was a I was a huge fan of I, I really like the the integration and bolstering of other women via the horsewomen because again it just it just shows how far we've come uh and the other thing too like we've talked a lot on this show about kind of the story and technical structure of tag team matches and specifically tag team partnerships um and how it's kind of tropey to be like you know can they coexist tm uh or watch that cohesion tm uh, and we've had a bit of a back and forth of, of that with um, with Charlotte and Bailey. Um, I think what's cool here, though, is this is this is where I'll give like the Bailey art credit. The the kind of they they it's still like annoying that they kind of retcon things how they did or didn't acknowledge things in the way they didn't. Um, but I'll give them this: they found a way to like um, you know take the restart point they started at and still kind of ended up making it fulfilling with a little bit what had happened before because what i noticed is you know we i had talked before about like the first time bailey and charlotte tag team it's cool that they don't have can they coexist tm and they're all they're both kind of um um they're both kind of just getting along and there's not a whole lot of bitchiness and the second time is when we get like more of this more uh discord between the two of them and that's when uh, Bailey ends up attacking Charlotte because she's like, ooh, shiny. No, fuck you. Um, um, and now we're back to straight-up friendship and there's not problems. And I was thinking about, like, what made this feel remarkable to me. And I realized there was a, there was a distinct difference that you could, you could, in retrospect, chalk up to maybe the cohesion I attributed to their first tag match together still wasn't quite as strong as it could have been. Because the one missing component to that is Charlotte and Bailey are still, we're still in that case, very much their own separate people. Um, now, not to encourage codependence among uh, among tag no, team please, partners. No, no, that's not good. We've seen we've seen how that plays into disaster uh, in the past. Uh, but they're they're still very much two distinct people who just happen to like get along and are able to fitfully coexist. Um, but what's cool here? is now they've kind of intermingled their personalities a little bit. Um, Bailey has definitely adopted more Charlotte to her of like, 
you know, willing to be cold and, and ruthless a little bit to get what she wants and, you know, finding the strength to stand up for herself. Like, you know, like Charlotte mm-hmm. has, has always had, but what's really cool. What really struck me was for the first time. And this is what I think is solidifying the friendship and the Charlotte being an effective steady mentor to Bailey is Charlotte meets Bailey on her level for the first time ever. Charlotte's doing high fives with Bailey. She's uh, she's getting she's, in on Bailey's shit. She accepted a hug right she, on the ramp. She accepted a hug on the ramp. She's she's meet, She's finally. She and Bailey can finally like, you know, be together without problem because they're finally willing to not only understand each other um, and cooperate with each other, but to see and emulate the best in each other. And that was the coolest part of the see. And and the best part is Charlotte was kind of our uh was kind of like the it's it's Charlotte's kind of the bookend to this, being the established like star that she is, you know, genetically superior daughter of Ric Flair. Um she kind of gets the, she <laughs> yeah, uh she kind of gets to bookend this, right? Of she starts off like her arc, uh, you know, I talked about her, she's kind of like the second arc of like her redemption arc a little bit. But in some ways, it's dragged out from very front to very back of, like, to at, at the very beginning of this, Charlotte was the first ruthless one, the first one to turn cold, the first one to be, like, you know, to win in this business, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you know, look out for number one above all else. And then at the end of this, you know, she's still Charlotte. She's not selling out or not turning into some, like, you know, sunshine and lollipops, whatever. Um but she's she letting is, those walls down. She's letting those walls down. She's willing to look at somebody she respects uh, and say, "Not only do I see you, but I am I I I respect you to the point of, you know, not of feeling as though we are truly on the same level. Uh, you know, your shtick, Bailey, doesn't feel below me. It feels not only on my level, but it feels appropriate uh, and acceptable and enjoyable for me to engage in." And what a difference a year literally makes. Yeah. Yep. Because we started all of this with ba- with Charlotte making it very clear that Bailey needs to grow up. That yep. she needs to get past this silly childish shit. And, now, and Bailey does grow up on her own terms. On her own terms. And Charlotte acknowledges that. And gets in on Bailey's stuff too. Oh my gosh. Yup. This, this is a story of friendship that has been a year in the making, and we've watched the whole thing. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, that's what it is. Is is it it Charlotte doesn't look down on this anymore. This is this is Bailey's own version of maturity, and Charlotte can finally understand and acknowledge that. And that's what allows her to get in on it. It's so it's so striking. Yep. It's such an it's such an amazing heartwarming image to see, and again, God, the the unique ability of this medium to tell emotional stories like this. In this, I don't even know. I don't even like wrestling is so unique. I don't even know how to describe it because, like, on one hand, it sounds like it sounds like yeah, that's just fucking how TV shows work. But this is different, like because of the like half reality show aspect to it, uh, and because of the like. Um, the constant fluidity that being like a fighting show, uh, the constant like uh, the constant momentum that being a fighting show like affords you, um, you get to you get to watch like um, you, you you get to watch it in this very unique uh, unique format where 
half of the storytelling is done wordlessly um and through through physicality above all else the physicality of fighting the physicality of this in-ring dance um and you know that's the thing is like ultimately it's not charlotte coming up to bailey and saying hey you've grown up but in your own way we're cool now it's the physicality of her high-fiving of her of her doing bailey's stick yep this this is this is the magic of wrestling is just the long term the long-term storytelling it affords you and the very visceral way in which it can be enacted yep it's 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 magical obviously charlotte and bailey win that's mm-hmm. that that was this wasn't gonna go any other way of course and as he said it's a fun match which i honestly i don't even have any real notes to talk about it i'm afraid <laughs> and unfortunately it is all overshadowed in my mind by our main event oh my God. becky lynch versus sasha banks for the nxt women's title first of all let's go ahead and open this up the the steampunk gear we've we've been an hour and a half building up to this talking Uh-oh. about this gotta put the goggles back on <sighs> headbanger oh, gotta practice becky. when i break the wally cosplay out this weekend headbanger ba- becky lynch is gone oh. and becky in her truest form you might say is here her steampunk shtick and she is here and here comes sasha and oh my god what a match it's it's really incredible. The momentum, the momentum is uh is one of those it's it's one of those matches that it's it, it it's one of those matches that does a really strong build and by the end it's so like boom 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 back and forth push and pull mm-hmm. um that you're just exhausted and exhilarated by the end of it all. Yep. And first I will say that this is the payoff to all of this technique technical wrestling that we've been absolutely leading up to because this is a fuck your arm match yep because it starts with Sasha deciding that Becky's arm is just not gonna exist anymore <laughs> and my god the things Sasha banks was willing to do to Becky Lynch's arm yeah. Some, somewhere somewhere Pentagon Jr.'s master is, is like weeping uh an inexplicable like single tear of joy. This this would have been happening simultaneously with Lucha Underground, actually. Oh my god, yes. Holy sh- 2015 was a good fucking year. I can't accept it. I can't accept it. Sasha serves the same master as uh as Pentagon Jr. Yes. So she knee, she like will do her knee drop. We've talked about her knee drop thing where she hangs them up on the second rope and knees them directly in the gut. She did that to Becky, but only to her arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> directly in the arm. And she's just doing these complicated submission maneuvers to just kind of twist and bend an arm. The worst part that is still disgusting. Oh, God. She has Becky's arm trapped. One of Becky's arms trapped under her. She grabs Becky's underarm, other arm, and just starts twisting. And she twists, it's going for the full hyperextension. She's twisting it know. down and down and down. And eventually she takes her boot, she takes her her foot and just pushes the arm down even further. Determined to snap an arm right then and there. It's absolutely, I remember watching oh. it the first time she did that live and thinking that was the most disgusting move I've ever seen in my life. 
these two women's ability to take the the shoots that they do in this match is insane to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the fuck you could like take that and like be willing to keep fighting afterwards. Yep. IRL and for then, real. Holy and shit. And then to Becky's credit, Becky fights back. Mm-hmm. And then she gets the arm attacking offense going. She starts doing her moves to, to attack Sasha. You know, talk I talked about the knee thing. Becky has the bit where she loves doing these leg drops. Yep. And she was leg dropping Sasha on the arm. Yep. Instead of on the chest, as you normally would. Mm-hmm. And they both women to their I don't I don't like I don't talk a lot about selling because I'm not good at talking about that granular uh, talking about wrestling but like absolutely phenomenal job by both women to make to sell the fact that their arms were injured and to let them it let it and let it feel like they actually were limited in what they could accomplish limited by their physics by their their bodies were limited by what they were why what the punishment they had taken to their arms um just an absolutely insane moment near the end of the match where Sasha Banks goes for a dive to the outside and Becky almost catches her. The idea is supposed to be that Becky catches her, but it's almost botched because they fall, both fall over. But then Becky just lifts Sasha up for both of them up at the same time. Like as she's lifting herself up, she also has hold of Sasha and then she slams Sasha back back first into the ring steps. Yeah. Absolutely brutal stuff. And it's like, I feel like I can't do this match justice of how like brutal and, and, and intense and just uh, awe-inspiring it was to watch this match. And I will, I'll go ahead and tell it ends. It ends. Be- Becky is, is, is pull, making her comeback. She's up on the top rope. And Sasha manages to jump up the top rope grab becky arm first drag her back down and then puts her in the bank statement for the tap out win so sasha retains the title yeah it's i mean i it's it's incredible uh i i I figured sasha wasn't gonna get the the or uh, becky i figured becky wasn't gonna, gonna get the dub here solely because like there's no way they would make Sasha do that quick of a turnover. Um, mm-hmm. To make any of the horsewomen a transitionary belt holder just feels wrong. So like, mm-hmm. but it was so long and brutal. Uh, you know, you did you illustrated it all so so beautifully there. It was fucking evocative. Um, uh, you, I did forget that. Uh, like in the moment of like it, this is one of those times. Like I knew the outcome like intellectually, brain, but head went empty because of all the pretty fighting. Um, uh, and God, I did believe in Becky's like second wind there. And when Sasha got the drop on her at the very end, I, I, I was like, oh yeah, shit, duh. But it, it did catch me off guard. Uh, cause mm-hmm. they, cause they both put so much into it. Uh, and I think too, this is the culmination of what I've been talking about this whole episode, kind of the dead horse I've been beating. Becky versus Sasha is long and brutal. And this is this feels like the culmination of hashtag give divas a chance finally having happened. Um, the company taking a look at oh shit, we've been kind of the, mishandling this whole thing. This the whole divas time, are being given a chance right yeah. here, right now. Yeah. So 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 
it and so it kind of culminates with this like now legendary match. It's long, it's brutal. Both of them take some horrible shoot bumps, and both of them put in tremendous work to overcome like this pain that they're put through. Um and drive each other drive each other to the absolute brink. And it's just like almost, you know, at least in kayfabe, a toss-up at the very end of fuck. It's whoever mm-hmm. just happens to kind of get in the best vantage point at the right time um because at the end of the match both of them are just lying on their backs utterly you know throttled physically mm-hmm. um and this is the antithesis to everything every single goddamn thing the divas era was all rolled into one um strong intimidating ambitious female wrestlers um uh, with complex personalities with long uh, emotionally investing storylines, fighting each other to to the brink of physical devastation, um, just to get that sweet sweet gold. It's unlike anything that the company had seen with women's wrestling in a long time. And what's cool is that is at the very end of the match, you know, Sasha gets the Sasha gets the dub, she retains, she walks off with the belt, but Bailey stays there, and Bailey looks. Or not Bailey. Uh, Becky. Fuck, I keep doing that. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Becky stays there and Becky looks kind of crushed. Um, and you know, this probably is its own form of bait, but in some ways, without prompting, the audience starts chanting for her and singing the like intro to her theme song. Oh yeah. And again, uh, probably her staying like in ring is probably its own form of bait. I don't know. It encourages the audience to do something like that, like to start chanting things like "thank you," insert name here, or but, start doing that. But the audience still has to bite. They still have to bite, and they and Becky and by extension all the horsewomen earned the hell out of that bite. I mean, this was kind of like Becky's episode above all else. So like, you know, she's the one that gets to like earn that that bite directly, but. The fact the audience does bite and the fact that they are so supportive of Becky for the loss um, or after her loss is like this is like the perfect encapsulation of how far we've come in this year for women's women's wrestling in NXT and in WWE as a whole. Um, Mm -hmm. We started off with it kind of taking everyone by surprise that that these women were as good as they were. They kind of were building up kind of figuring themselves out whatever um um but um we have now come to a point where it's not only expected but actively looked forward to actively expanded within the like within the scope of nxt um it's going to spread to wwe very very soon relative uh relative to how long the diva there has been going on um and the audience has responded they have they have looked upon of uh, the women's division and smiled um and the fact that they that they did all of that basically of their own accord you know aside from mm-hmm. you know the, the the unspoken bait um just shows like that we've reached that triumph point that you and i have been waiting for for so long in this era we're finally yep. here and it feels triumphant beyond words mm-hmm. um I will, before I kind of wrap up with my own thoughts, I do want to th- th- uh, a, a very cool little detail of at when Be- Sasha won the match, she's still holding her injured arm. And the ref tries to lift her arm 
because and she's like no i can't do it lift the other mm. one and she yep. has to adjust the title belt on her shoulder so that the ref can lift her arm even in in victory she yep. is, is is selling how hard how damaging this match was for her as she escaped with that title but anyway my final thoughts is it's kind of like i it's hard for me to not look at this era thinking back the way i was thinking it in 2015 and to at least hard for me not remember this and it's like this whole air time period it felt like every single takeover i was asking myself i was telling myself i didn't know that i could see a women's match this good and especially like uh, poor little me having only ever watched wwe and divas wrestling you know obviously i'm not stupid i don't think i wouldn't think that like women are just completely incapable of, of good wrestling but uh you know it's this is the kind of thing i just didn't ever think i could see in wwe it's what i wanted to see you know i i, I remember the youtube comment sections and the game facts forums very well in 2013 begging for this to get this kind of a platform and even still my mind was blown by mm -hmm. all of the matches we come to watch in this section from bailey and charlotte and charlotte and sasha to the fatal four-way to becky and sasha and i i kind of want to put a i have a different thing i want to talk about for the last match of this sec of this arc so I want to kind of wrap up this part talking about watch getting to watch in real time. It was, it was absolutely mind blowing to see how good women's wrestling could get in WWE. Looking back at it now, knowing where it goes, but also being able to appreciate it all in one clump together mm -hmm. has kind of been, I've kind of gotten to see some of how, just how damn good, this all these arcs all fucking were yeah like it wasn't just we let women be good wrestlers though they also did that yeah absolutely amazing character being mm -hmm. were being constructed from this over the past years worth of wrestling that we've watched for this arc and we still have like three months left to, yep. to kind of add on one final tip one story beat to go but and uh i just want to say that and i will definitely say it again next time i'm so glad we got we did that we i chose to do this to put this together on this arc i've been glad to share this with you i'm glad i got to relive all this and oh my god next month when we finish this arc i'm so excited to be back to, to, to a certain particular point in time but from that is the end of for that's for then for next week what we are going to do is we are going to return 1987 it is time for one more episode of primetime wrestling as hulk hogan and andre the giant is set uh hulk hogan noted douchebag except <laughs> it's barely kayfabe acknowledged that he is but he totally yeah. is uh andre def andre bobby heenan was right it was always bobby heenan uh r slash bobby heenan did nothing wrong that's the new subreddit right there and <laughs> yep but what we have is one is tonight we had a contract signing let's get one more next week always fun for some drama uh that is for next time for now 
David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. Alrighty, my friends, my dear, dear, wonderful friends. Thank you all so much for joining us on yet another uh, uh, episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so happy to have all of you here. If you are a returning listener, viewer, what have you, thank you ever so much for joining us here. Um, uh, we hope you've had a good time. We hope you continue to have a good time and you know keep joining us week after week. If you are brand new here, my friends, welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we are so, so happy uh, that you have decided to uh, to join us, to allow us into your eardrums and eyeballs, whatever. Um, and uh, if you would like to continue to join us uh, and you're not entirely sure how to do so, well, not to worry, I have you covered. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on YouTube. You find our channel, you hit subscribe, you ring that bell, you make sure it turns a nice solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a new episode. Uh, and, you know, you 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 can just check us out like that. You know, uh, watch our videos. Uh, more recently, we've been putting our beautiful, sweet, sexy faces on, uh, on our YouTube channel so you can actually look at us while we talk. You can see epic visual gags like my steampunk goggles. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, so, uh, feel free to like, comment, uh, add us to your playlists. Check out our playlist. All of our arcs on our YouTube channel are organized into their own individual playlists. Austin is kind enough to do that for us. So if you want to follow a specific arc all the way down, you can check those out to do so. Just anything on the old tube to give us that sweet engagement that we love so much. Uh, you can also find us in audio-only format on three of the best places to find your podcast, and that would be Spotify, Apple, and Google. Check us out on whatever platform of those you like. Uh, download us, rate us, whatever the fuck else you do to... to you know, uh, give us those wonderful numbers and, and tell the algorithm these dudes are pretty cool. Maybe some more people should check them out. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. Um, uh, so be sure to check us out on all of those, uh, wherever you like to get your podcast visually or audioly, whatever. Uh, we are also audibly, audibly. audibly. Well, that's a, that's a, oh, audible. So is a different thing. Regardless, uh, we are also on social media. Uh, our big one, of course, is our Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Noobs and Knox Pod. That's Noobs, the letter N, Knox Pod. I'm pointing to it right here. Austin is too, if you're looking at us um, uh, on the YouTube. Um, be sure to check us out there. Uh, we love to we love to tweet things out, some dank memes, engage with wrestling discourse. We tweet every single time we drop a new episode to let all of you know what's going down. Uh, and of course. Austin, as the big highlight of our Twitter channel, uh, live tweets his weekly wrestling watching experience. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? Yes, of course. Uh, what we, as always, are we will be live tweeting AEW Dynamite, uh, the one wrestling show I consistently watch live every single week. Uh, unfortunately, right now we are being AEW is being preempted by uh, damn you Major League Baseball playoffs, uh. and so this uh, this upcoming week, Saturday the twenty third, will also will be on Saturday night, uh, just like the October sixteenth episode was. Um, and uh, unfortunately, and I'll be honest, don't know if I'll even watch that those episodes of Dynamite because I like college football. Sorry, <laughs> uh, but normally it is on every Wednesday night at eight PM Eastern on TNT. So that's normally where that T A W Dynamite is. That's when you're going to want to watch. In addition, we also live tweet AEW 
uh, WWE and Impact Wrestling pay-per-views. Uh, imp- first up is the WWE's next pay-per-view event, uh, Crown Jewel, coming up October 21st. Uh, we will not be live tweeting that one for two reasons. Number one, because it is taking place in the middle of the day. And the reason it is taking place in the middle of the day is because it is live from Saudi Arabia. These is part of a series of shows that WWE is being paid for by the Saudi Arabian government to do. Uh, this is definitely not the podcast to talk about all the political implications of such a thing and why I don't morally support that. But suffice to say, not going to watch Crown Jewel. Uh, in, however, in the Impact Wrestling upcoming will be October 23rd's Bound for Glory. It is one of their biggest, if not their biggest show of the year. Uh, and ex- we expect to see wrestlers from AAA from AEW, from New Japan Pro Wrestling, all over the world. It's going to be a fun time. Impact is always a pretty good show. You can get that for $40 on Fight, if you if you are so inclined, from Fight TV or traditional pay-per-view outlets. In addition, we will, AEW's next pay-per-view is Full Gear, November 13th. Um, that is $50 uh, from Fight TV or on traditional pay-per-view. And probably the biggest highlight from that one is that uh, my boy, Hangman, Adam Page, the yes. ancient millennial cowboy. There is like a 99% chance he's going to win the fucking world title. And so he has this whole amazing arc. He's, it's the best um. long-term sto- storytelling in AEW right now. And oh my God, please, please win, Hangman. Does anyone want to cash at me fifty bucks so I can so I can buy it with that while still being frugal? Please, God, I want to see Hangman beat Kenny Omega so bad. Uh, yes, uh, to our viewers, I understand it is a lot of money to ask for somewhat for wrestling that you might not necessarily like. I can't answer. I can't. I will not. I will not inherit. I will not explicitly support piracy. So I will not. But I understand the concerns. I truly do. I will say that I have never bought any of the of the Impact or AEW's pay per views and felt that they were unworth not worth the money. Uh, that is the best I can really say to you. I understand that's a steep that's a steep money pit to drop for something you've never seen before. You might ne- not necessarily have ever seen before. Uh, and but that is what is upcoming on our Twitter. Uh, for absolutely stuff. so be sure to be sure to check all of that out austin's live tweeting is awesome he's very insightful very funny and i speak for consumers and i say he's just generally a cool guy to uh, to spend your time with while watching wrestling so uh whether in person you know or in person quote unquote or digitally uh it's a, it's a great time he's great company for that so be sure to check that out. uh be sure to check that out pardon me uh we also have an email address that you can you can contest contact us at Man, my words are not working tonight. Um, uh, if you want to get more, uh, get in more direct contact with us at the show, uh, you can you can hit us up at uh, noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us. Tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, what you want to see more of, less of, uh, suggestions for arcs, seasons, individual episodes, just generally saying how delightful and wonderful our dulcet tones that come out of our vocal cords are week after week after week. We all, we love to hear it all. Come say hi to us. We'd love to say hi back. We just love, we just love hearing from people. Uh, and finally, you can also find us on Patreon. We are also the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. 
$1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.